Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Packer fans, we're 2-0, bitches. Woo! Oh, yeah. Well, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler, a.k.a. T-Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. And, of course, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. And make sure you're checking out our Facebook page and the Fresh Take because I have a new article that will be going up about this game on the fresh take so make sure you guys check that out again thefreshtake.net or at the fresh take on twitter make sure you guys check them out and you'll get more of our content there as well so today we're going to recap the um 21 16 green bay packers victory over the vikings and we're going to do it a little different this week um so i'm thinking we want kind of quicker reactions to games and we'll kind of go more in depth on scheme and what we expect going into games and different things like that um, on the previews every week so again we're going to go a little bit different than we did last week and we're each going to have a talking point we're going to discuss it for a little bit then we'll kind of move on to the next persons but before we get to our talking points I feel like there's something that we need to talk about and that is that Lambeau Field actually got loud, um, especially in the first quarter. It kind of died off later in the game. But they were loud on defense. They weren't doing the wave on offense. Um, so overall, I had a great impression of the f- kind of fan experience and what was going on in Lambeau. What did you guys think? Yeah, I didn't I didn't see the wave going on, which it shouldn't be <laughs> anyway. But yeah, you could really tell uh, through the television that – you know, not even on like third down when the crowd typically gets louder, but on first down, second down, the crowd brought it pretty much every time, and it was awesome. And they showed how many clips of Kirk Cousins sitting there with his hands over his helmet trying to hear plays, and I'm like, yep, this is what uh, quarterbacks should fear coming to Lambeau. So kudos to all you. Hopefully the beer prices were uh, slashed and that contributed to the loudness, but it was awesome to hear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they gave them a lot to cheer about in the first few minutes of the game. So props to the uh, offense coming out right away, starting hot and pushing for three touchdowns right away. Um, I'm 
just really happy that the Packers fans stuck with them the rest of the game. They didn't uh, have a whole lot to cheer for on the offensive end, but they really helped out their defense, uh, made it loud, made it tough for Cousins, and kept the defense energized. So that was awesome to see. Yeah, it sure was. Um, and Lambeau used to be a great home field advantage, and it seemed maybe it was because of the poor play the last couple of years, but really the last few years it just hasn't felt like it was like that anymore. Um, and this first game at Lambeau this year was seemed like it got a little bit of that back, and hopefully we can kind of continue to build on that as a fan base and continue to improve that because it does help. Um, and it energizes especially that defense, and I think you saw that this week or today um, while we're recording this. Um, but let's get into our talking points, and I think I am going to single out Scott to start with because he's been slacking and missing, so we're going to make him start this week. I have been slacking and missing, but I got a pretty good talking point. Um, as Coach LaFleur said, uh, this game came down to turnovers. Uh, there were four, 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 four forced. Holy shit! It's okay. It's been a while. Cut him some slack, everyone. Four forced turnovers. That's really hard to say, actually. Four forced turnovers by the Packers and two by the Vikings. Um, we had Darnell Savage create a forced fumble. Kenny Clark create a forced fumble. Kevin King with a huge pick in the end zone, and Preston Smith with another pick in the game. And then we had Geronimo fumbling the ball, and Aaron Rodgers, I guess he kind of gets the credit for that fumble, but it was more on the snap. But the fact that our defense stepped up and got four big turnovers, most of them in pretty big-time situations, that was that was the difference in this game for me. Yeah, I mean, when the defense goes out and creates that many turnovers, um, and yes, the offense did turn over the ball a little bit, but obviously when you win over the turnover battle by two, that's going to help you win. Um, and really, that could have been and probably is the difference in this game, being a five-point game and you win the turnover battle by two, like you have to think that that is the reason you win this game. Um, because at least on a few of those, you got to assume that if you don't force the turnover, the Vikings are at least going to get a field goal, especially on the interception, um, which happened in the end zone. you got to assume they're going to get at least three points there. Not that that would have changed the outcome of the game, but you have to assume that without some of those turnovers that they're going to score points. So it was just great to see this defense be able to force turnovers when we have not seen that on any Packers defense in quite some time, it feels like. Right, and we should have had more. Um, there was that one forced fumble. They gave the credit to Tremont Williams that the Vikings recovered again. And then there is at least that one that went right into Jair's hands that he just couldn't hang on to. So it is awesome to see the defense making these big plays, especially when our our offense was really 
slump in there for those three quarters. You kind of brought me into my next talking point, Scott. Um, cause Perfect. <laughs> my, it's like I my never left. Point, yeah, it is a good segue because my talking point was the big plays given up by the defense, which I think has to deal with the fact that they are pretty aggressive, at least in the secondary, um, which is good and bad because, yeah, we forced all the turnovers, um, you know, at least speaking – interception wise and um today and then with the fumbles um that's that's all awesome stuff but it kind of comes almost with a price i mean the uh, vikings had five plays of over 20 yards or more um and obviously delvin cook had the 75 yard touchdown run um bb had a 61 yard catch stefan diggs had a 45 yard catch Thielen had a 30 yard catch and a 20 yard catch um, so at least in the secondary, I think they're trying to make the big plays, which, yeah, when you make an awesome, you know, pass deflection, which we had six of them today, like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. It gets the whole team fired up. But when you're, you know, over pursuing and you miss the pass, all of a sudden there's nobody left on them because you're way out of position now. And <laughs> that's all the big plays happen, at least in the passing game. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of like a risk reward type of thing. Um, so I don't know. What would you What would you rather have um, for your guys' standpoints? Well, looking at these first two weeks, I will take the defense that we get, who gives up five big plays but creates four turnovers. I take that every day of the week, and two of them were twenty and thirty yard plays. Yes, I will take the four turnovers turnovers every single time um and i know we gave up that big run to delvin cook like you said tyler it was 75 yards for a touchdown um and i believe i'm not 100 percent sure on this but i believe he was untouched like he didn't have much in terms of making people miss on that play and he just kind of ran straight into the end zone so if you take that play out of just good blocking, they did their job offensively, and the Packers just didn't. You take that one play out, and he doesn't have nearly as good of a game. He has 19 carries, 79 yards, um, and an average of just over four yards a carry. And you include that, he has almost eight yards a carry, touchdown, and obviously that big run. Um, but... I think you're kind of overstating the the secondary as being a little bit over-aggressive thing because if you look at that BB play, like that was just he stopped his route, turned back the other way because he knew Cousins was in trouble, and I still don't know how Cousins got rid of that football um, on that play. And then because he kind of improvised his route, that was why he had a big gain there. And... Like, on the Diggs play, I don't think, on his touchdown, I don't think it was that they were over-aggressive. I just don't think they made the play. Um, So a lot of those, I feel like it's not really the secondary being over-aggressive. I just think it was the nature of the play that they gave up. So I'm not, personally, I'm not too worried about the big plays. I don't know how you feel about that, Scott, though. Um, Yeah, like like you were saying, that Diggs play, 
That was off of Jair's fingertips too. I do think he could have made a smarter play on that, but kind of like Tyler said, he was trying to go for the big play. Uh, but that's what comes with having a pretty young secondary. I mean, you got Jair, sophomore swagger. You got um, Jackson. You got uh, Kevin King, who's still really getting his first consistent experience in the NFL, I'd say. Um, so, I mean, even Raven Green's pretty new with us. So, um I think that's going to come over time as well. But yeah, like Trevor said, I'll take I'll take it right now and that's what Jair is. That's he's all about that swagger. That's why you got guys like Amos and Jackson who are kind of the more um safe consistent guys. They're not looking for a huge interception every time. But I think I think it balances out pretty well. Yeah, you got you got a point. Um, backing up to the the long touchdown run by Dalvin Cook, he I believe he was untouched here, right, Trevor? Uh, Darnell Savage did have the only real decent shot at bringing him down, mm-hmm. um, but he had to make a run, I think, across the field and ended up missing on that one. But then still, Darnell Savage again, you know, with that aggressiveness, he was the one who. Uh, tipped the ball up and um, allowed, uh, I think it was Preston Smith who intercepted Kirk Cousins early on in the game. Um, so really, that I think that technically should get credited to Darnell Savage because he's the one who got a hand on it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be, especially once we get into seeing better offenses, like finding a balance between these two. Because if you're over-aggressive and you're going up against what we have, Carson Wentz coming up in a couple, couple weeks like he's gonna know how to exploit those and we don't want to be giving up big plays all game long especially to an Eagles team who that's what they thrive on doing Um, so I think that'll just be interesting to see how it moves forward in the next couple weeks yeah I it's something to watch but I think there was some odd plays in this game that led to that those types of plays those big plays given up by the defense um and I guess we'll see what happens if that's kind of the nature of this team moving forward that, yeah, they go out and create turnovers, but occasionally they can give up the big play. Um, as of right now, I'm okay with it. I think it's a good kind of give and take at this point because it seemed to have been working out. Um, but that's something, again, we're going to have to keep an eye on. And I think the big thing for not giving up those big plays is being consistent in getting pressure in the quarterback's face, Um, which they didn't do nearly as good on today as they did against the Bears, um, which kind of surprises me because this Vikings offensive line really is not that great. Um, So they ended up getting just one sack. That was credited to Kenny Clark. I believe that was a forced fumble. Correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, guys. Um, that is correct. But they also had just six quarterback hits, um, and I believe they had five sacks and 11 quarterback hits in the last one. So just I know five sacks is kind of a pipe dream to hope for that every game, but 
getting a little bit more consistent pressure um, on the quarterback, I think, is going to help eliminate that because it's tough as a quarterback when you're getting hit to deliver on those big plays. Um, so that's the big thing I'm watching. And obviously, the big free agent additions of Zadarius and Preston play a part of that. Rashawn Gary plays a part in that. And the designer blitzes that Mike Pettin is going to design are going to all play a part of that. And that's something I'm really looking forward to watching moving forward into the year. Um, my talking point was just kind of how different this game was from the first 16 minutes to the last 44 minutes of this game. Um, Obviously, the Packers jumped out to a huge lead, and they had 14 points in the first quarter, and it was all Green Bay in that one. Um, That was definitely helped out by the missed field goal by the Vikings. Um, But the Packers were able to capitalize and score 14 points in that first quarter, and then they get a fumble late in that first quarter and get the ball back and score another touchdown. Um, So it was just crazy how effective they were early, and it really shows you how good of a coach Mike Zimmer is, in my opinion, because they went down big, and a lot of teams might fold in that situation, but he went back figured out the adjustments, figure out what they need to do to fix it. And they fixed it extremely well, not allowing another point for the, like I said, 44 minutes of this game at the end of this game. And they really did a great job adjusting to this Packers team. And the big question mark for me, and I want to get your guys' take on this is, are you worried at all about LaFleur being able to, have a kind of counter adjustment to that when defenses figure it out um, because he really didn't show it in this one. Um, Obviously it's a small sample size, but that's something you do want to see your head coach be able to do is be able to adjust when defenses adjust to what you're doing. That's, that's a good point. Cause I mean, especially early in the game, you look at the plays he came out and ran like on that first drive, we ran, pretty much the same formation, same plays, like where Aaron Jones was coming in motion, and then we passed uh, to him as he was running out to the left, and then we ran the same motion again on that same drive except the screen to Jamal Williams. Um, but then, yeah, as the game went on, you're right. I don't think there were a whole lot of adjustments, and you could see the frustration, especially through Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur interacting on the sidelines, which, of course, you know the media <laughs> will probably blow up. Um but, yeah, I don't know. We As we were watching the game, like, it just so many times on, like, it was, what, second and three, and all of a sudden we wouldn't get it. And then it would be third and one, and we run it again, and we couldn't get it. And I can't I can't count in one hand how many times that happened today. Um, so, yeah, I think adjustments may be something that will be interesting to see how it goes about. And also we talked a lot about play action coming into this game, and I don't think there was a lot of play action either today. So, I mean, that's really, you know, another strike. Like, we didn't adjust and do more of that this week as well. So I, I'm i going to put this in the moderately concerning category for now. Yeah, that seems like a good place to put it. Um, I think this is the second game Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have combined. So 
it's tough to see how they're going to keep making these adjustments. Um, I think that if LaFleur isn't showing that he can make the adjustments down the stretch in games and we start losing some games, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to lose a lot of that trust and he's going to start taking over, um, calling his own stuff. I'm not going to say he's going to do that for whole games or anything, but um, I think that trust could be on shaky ground, but I I don't think it's an issue right now. I think everyone knows that they're still learning the system. They're adapting. They all know that LeFleur is a first-time head coach, and um, he's going to try some things that are going to be different for them. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not super concerned about it yet. But ask me again in a few weeks. Yeah, I think I would kind of agree with Tyler um, that it's moderately concerning, but there's a lot of time left, and Matt LaFleur is figuring out how to be a head coach still at this point. Um, I mean, he's only been on the job, what, how many months? If you count when he was hired, eight months or so? Nine months was he hired in? January even still like he hasn't had all of that with football um so he's figuring out how to be a head coach how to kind of juggle all those responsibilities but it is something we'd like to see and like Scott said I think coming back to this point you know after week four after week five and if he's still not making adjustments then I'm gonna start getting more and more concern by the passing weeks but as of right now something to mention something to think about something to look forward to in um, upcoming games but I don't think it's overly concerning and it shouldn't be for you at this point just because he's a young coach he he has to figure things out too Um, he's not perfect by any means so something to look forward to um, keep an eye on I was kind of looking back at some of the plays and things and Tyler said there was um, five plays by the Vikings that were 20 or more I looked back I counted two for the Packers that were 20 or more Um, but there were a ton of plays that were 12 13 14 15 like in that area and there was a ton of those types of plays so we're still getting decent chunk plays they weren't but they weren't like huge chunk plays um so I think overall I am excited, um, but I am mostly excited to see this offense put more than 16 minutes together <laughs> because if they were able to replicate half of what they did in the first quarter kind of throughout the game, I think I'd feel a little bit more confident that they were able to do it throughout the game instead of just kind of that initial surge um, those scripted plays early and then you kind of get momentum you get a turnover late in that first quarter and score early in the second that kind of jump starts all of that like I just like to see a little bit more sustained over an entire game but I am still super excited you saw the potential of this offense and Tyler mentioned though that kind of sequence where they did that orbit motion with um Aaron Jones, they did that swing screen on that first time they showed it. And the next time, and I think he got like six yards or so. 
Um, the next time they show that looks exactly the same. It was two plays later. Tyler and I both looked at each other because um, we were able to watch this game together. We're like, that's the same play. And all of a sudden, Jamal Williams sneaks out on a little slip screen and goes it pretty much walks in uh, for the 15-yard touchdown. So if we're able to see that more and more throughout a game, that will be super exciting. Um, and I am just super pumped. Do you guys have anything else? Kind of closing remarks? Uh, yeah, the only things I have is I think the the worst thing that could happen is like if Matt LaFleur gets kind of dragged into the same category as like a Brian Nagy type coach, like where he's great the, you know, on the design plays, like the first series of the game, first series of the second half, all these crazy things going on with are scripted, and then doesn't really make adjustments after that. Like I hope LaFleur does not become that coach. Um, that would just be disappointing for me. Um, but on the bright side, um, Devontae Adams did cross 100 yards today, which was my key to the game. Granted, he did most of that damage in the first quarter, um, but ended up with 106 receiving yards on seven catches. And then Aaron Jones had a very sneaky 116-yard day on the ground uh, with only 23 carries, so that's good enough for a five-yard average. But good to see, yeah, like you said, good to see the offense do some things, but I'd like a little bit more than 16 minutes as well. <laughs> And Scott, do you have anything else? Not really. I, I think that um, next week will be a week where we can see a lot of growth and see a lot of uh, hopefully domination against the Broncos. I'm excited to see our defense go up against Joe Flacco. Um, I think that will be exciting and we should go for more than four turnovers next week. Yeah, we sure have had an interesting beginning to this season. A lot of good defenses, not a lot of good quarterbacks that we're facing right. here early on in the year. Um, but it definitely will be interesting, and I think I think this is a team that we could go kind of put a statement game out there on. Um, we'll kind of get more into the Broncos talk, but the Broncos – are 0-2 on the year. They lost on the last second field goal from the Bears, um, 16-14. to So, like I said, we'll talk more about that um, in the upcoming days and get you a preview for that game. Um, but it is super exciting to see that this defense has another week of kind of meshing and figuring it out with a not-so-great quarterback, and hopefully they're able to do similar things to what they did in this game, um, there were some not-so-great plays, but they did have some very good ones as well, and then obviously build on what they did in the Bears game as well. So I am just super excited to see what they're able to do next week especially, but throughout the whole season. Um, but we will get talk to you guys later this week, um, re, or previewing that Broncos game, um, and then Monday morning we'll have another podcast out recapping hopefully a 3-0 start for your Green Bay Packers but until then go Pack go go Pack go Kumara go <laughs>